You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Saturday afternoon, everybody. Uh, obviously, a lot's gone on here in the last 21 hours. We got to you with the initial cuts yesterday, had some pickups, some cuts to come, some listener questions. So Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest story is going to take you through your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Just want to thank everybody. Obviously, um, we're still trucking along here. It's pretty much the best I can give you. There's days up, there's day, days down. Uh, I mean, you know, day, uh, times that are up, times that are down. We're just trucking along here, trying to get through all that. But again, of course, obviously, I appreciate everybody, you know, for, uh, you know, all the well wishes and stuff like that. Uh, it's making it a lot easier to get through here. The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mac Weldon is there for you guys. You know, it's fall, get into the winter, up a game, look a little sharper at the office, a little sharper when you go out with the significant others for dinners on the weekends or kids events where you got to start dressing up or whatever. Use Mac Weldon and appreciate them for sponsoring the kickoff week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, guys, obviously we got all the, you know, the cuts for you yesterday down to the initial 53. Three waiver claims today. Malik Jefferson, uh, linebacker, formerly Texas University, Cincinnati Bengal. No, guys, we played them in December. There's no pilfering of information there. Ricky Seals-Jones, former wide receiver, Texas A&M, turned, I guess you'd say, you know, H-back, tight end with the Arizona Cardinals. And how do I say it? Am I going to say it right here, Pete? Kendall Vaughn? Uh, I, I think it's supposed to be Ken Darrell. But I could be Kendero wrong. Vaughan. Yes, um, Kendero Vaughn. Um, Hodge. Formerly, yeah, Kendero Hodge, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. Not much of a resume there, uh, you know, and I, I was actually in doing my research on him. They thought he was going to be somebody they were going to be able to stash on the practice squad. But he does fit that uh, profile. John Dorsey, you know, a lot of the receivers he drafted in his time in Kansas City were those 6'1", 6'2", 200-pound buys, similar to Damian Ratley. So it must have been somebody that maybe back in the day, John, and, you know, some of the people he trusted. They thought something of at a Prairie review A&M. Uh, Pete, first things first, I mean, you know, I, I think some people are going to understand, you know, and maybe equate Malik Jefferson to not playing much in Cincinnati, obviously not doing much in Cincinnati. But Malik Jefferson, th this is an interesting pickup. A, the kid was outstanding at Texas, you know, met, you know, the thresholds of pretty much everything that, you know, we value in draft choices. Um, and he still just a pop. Right. Um, look, he was, he was raw. At Texas, there's no getting away from that fact. He was very raw, but but he was so freaky. He made plays, um, and then you know combine that he was with the fact he was very productive. Uh, and then the Bengals draft him in the third round, and they essentially cut him after one year. How much of that is due to the fact that uh, that uh, he? was victim by a new coaching staff versus he just wasn't good or whatever. I don't really care. The fact is he's a very athletic, very productive off ball linebacker prospect that is not even 23 yet. Um, and that's younger than Sione Takitaki. And he is essentially along the lines of a Ray Ray Armstrong who was released yesterday or in a daily Taylor type player but he's got substantial upside. So if he's nothing, you lose nothing. If he's just a special teams guy, that's good. If he's more than that, that's certainly a big get. 
Um, I, personally, I think the Bengals are a little silly getting rid of him this early, considering they're, you know, they're well yeah, on their way. Anywhere. Yeah, they're <laughs> well, well they're, evaluate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're well on their way to DFL. Uh, they may as well get every young player they can and see what some of these guys can become. But uh, that becomes a real opportunity for the Browns. Uh, you know, I you know I like the selection. And look, you know, I mean, guys, you'll always hear us. Everybody, oh well, I don't think they're going to sign Schobert. They should should resign Joe Schobert. We'll we'll scream to where there's no voice left and maybe no breath in the body. Resign Joe Schobert. But that does not necessarily mean John Dorsey in that front office is agreeing with us. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, we've never been one to back away from our stance and our point on a player. We're fine with it. But now you do have three linebackers on the roster, not making much money under the age of 24. Uh, you see where it's trending. But look, this is, you know, I'm actually surprised Malik Jackson got to where the Browns were able to claim him. There's a lot of teams in front of them that suck that could use to take this gamble on a kid who's, you know, not even 23 yet. Um, it, you know, it's, I don't know. In Cincinnati, no, you're stupid. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to evaluate talent and find some talent. I mean, you just moving on from him just means, guess what? You need another linebacker. So you really haven't seen enough of him yet. His career in the NFL to this point is an incomplete. Um, the Bengals are nowhere in the uh, realm of a franchise in their talent pool that they can just punt on a guy that they have an incomplete grade on. So whatever. That, that, was, that was linebacker was, you know, a huge issue for the Bengals. Like that's the other part of this. Like they, they've had nothing. They but were still putting up with perfects bullshit last year. That's how bad it was for them. Not, and not only that, but their big issue was getting other guys who are not named Vontez perfect who could cover. And at least from a trait standpoint, Perfect had the athletic traits to be able to do that. Uh, so, again, yeah, I, I don't – you know, this may be as much anything as uh, setting a tone type stuff with all that, but mm, it, it just – I think it's great for the Browns. I think it's very, very questionable by the Bengals. It's – and that's where Cincinnati is right now. It's – you know, look, it's, it's, it's going to get a whole lot worse for Cincinnati before it gets better. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones – um, like I said, was former wide receiver at Texas A&M. Didn't really kind of work out so far in the NFL. The Cardinals, you know, had him beef up a little bit. And there were games, Pete, where he was quite productive. I don't – I can see how he is not going to be a fixture in, in you know, what, what they're going to do out there now offensively. You know, he's definitely – you know, I mean, because you're maybe going to keep one strong blocker for obviously run scenarios, which Seal Jones really isn't his forte. So I can see how they, you know, you know, Cliff and his Cliff Kingsbury and his system, how he was a guy to move on from. Um, it's, you know, you want to describe him. I mean, he's he's Seth DeValve-ish in what he can do. I mean, he, and I don't know if he's the true traditional tight end that even David Njoku is yet, but he's in that realm. No, that's a, that's exactly how I would I would look at it. He is he is basically Seth DeValve light. Um, he's not quite as athletic as Seth DeValve was coming out, but he's got exceptional agility for the position and he just he's making that transition from receiver to tight end and uh he, he's just got to keep growing in that respect um so you know so he was a really really highly uh looked at prospect coming out of texas texas and he was supposed to be a monster deal and it just never happened uh but the you know teams bet on his body He's another one. He's only 24, uh, where you know, which is younger than Seth Evolve, uh, where you're willing to bet on a little bit of, of growth here. But more than anything, you know, 
he's better than Farrell Brown is. Uh, Farrell Brown is not good. And I think um, that that plays as much as anything. Ricky Seals Jones is a space tight end for the moment. I really hope he can improve and sort of buy into being a blocker. Um, he's more of a David Njoku backup right now. Uh, they need to find somebody else. Uh, I'm hoping this is the end of Farrell Brown, but because uh, yeah, I'm expecting the Browns will get a fullback in, or, or some sort of H-back type guy that can do that job. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones interesting, and he did, he did have some games where he produced for the Cardinals last year. And, and, again, this is another team where you're sitting there going, you know, the Browns are poaching guys from two teams that are expected to finish near the bottom of the league, and yet the Browns are finding players that they aren't happy with, which on one hand I guess shows where the Browns are in certain positions, but on the other hand maybe they are uh, hopefully a little bit smarter than the teams letting these guys go. I mean, to this point you have to say they are for what they've done for, you know, obviously John Dorsey's tenure here to this point. Um, Look, Farrell Brown, it could maybe be – maybe it's week one while you get Ricky Seal-Jones up to speed, and then you get – is Gathers one or two? I think it's two. Two-game suspension for uh, Rico Gathers. One. So, you know, yeah, so there's one. So, I mean, Farrell Brown, Farrell Brown could possibly be gone. You know, I mean, he could play week one and be gone. He might not even be here week one. So there's that way to look at it as far as you know, what this is going on here. And I was never sold on Farrell Brown, you know, being here long-term anyway, guys. I think they just got tired of the fact that Seth couldn't stay healthy and they just felt that they had to go another way. Uh, you know, Pete, look, I mean, if you're going to pick a, you know, and now you go the yin and the yang, uh, you go pick up something that the Rams, obviously is quality team and now somebody that you're going to see this year, uh, somebody that they were casting away, but this sounds like somebody, Pete, who may never dress on a game day. And if he does, it'll be special teams. And this is wide receiver six uh, until week five when Antonio Callaway's ready to go. Yeah, this um, is interesting because, you know, they have, right now at least they have seven wide receivers. So some, something is going to happen. Um, and, and the other, you, you know. Have How do you have him at seven? What, with this Kad- Kadero? Are you counting Callaway? No, I'm counting. Uh, what's well, his Remember, place? Willie's left and. So we had six? We, I think we were only at five, so I think he becomes in as wide receiver. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we were, we were – okay, so we're at six. Um, yeah, I mean, special teams has to be part of this. Uh, you have to think the Browns must see something in him. Uh, he, he, all I've got is he was a very a pretty productive receiver at Prairie View A&M. This was in Texas. I know that one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, jumped well. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I can't speak of anything for, from his time at the Rams. Uh, but you know, he has sort of, they have a, they have a, an interesting attraction seemingly to like six, one, six, two, 200 pound receivers, which is Ishmael, Hyman size, yep. which is in Ratley size, which is um, a lot of those. So, and going back to Kansas city, it was Chris Conley. It was Demarcus Robertson. And you know, it's, you know, to say wide receiver and, you know, you know, later round picks, UDFA types, John Dorsey's got a type. He does. And, and speaking of that, uh, right now, um, it appears that Derek Willies is eligible to go to a practice squad, which if the Browns can get him there, that'd be a hell of a coup. Um, because, honestly, I mean, it's, it's to have a guy in a practice squad who already knows your system, 
that's fantastic because at any time, any need, bang, and you're not skipping a beat. Well, sure. I mean, there, there's definitely that part of it, but I, th- I just think he's good enough to play on some teams right now. I, you know, I think he can help a team. I, I think, obviously, I think he can help. But we have some teams not looking to help themselves. The Dolphins oh. are not looking to help themselves. We have sure. no idea what the hell the Cardinals are doing. Well, I look at a team like uh, – the Minnesota Vikings who have those top two guys and then it's nothing like it's dearth after that. And I, I, I it, to me, if uh, Derek Willis could help a team like the Vikings, but uh, I I'm all for it. Well, if, obviously if, if, if you look at the, the six, the giants kept Derek Willis would probably be three or four on that list for me. So yeah. well, that's another team. And, and obviously they're, yeah, the giants are awful and yet trying which, in a fascinating dynamic. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's just, a real opportunity to, to steal one of these guys, I feel like, um, at least for the moment, that could ultimately help them. And if some guy gets hurt, I think Derek Willies is instantly up on the roster. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there, it's just a, a great situation if, if they can pull this off. Uh, yeah, so we got with that. Obviously, guys, you know, with three names coming in, um, we don't have anything official now. We're going to try to give you a rough guesstimate on three names that are going out we got some listener questions here. Just, you know, trying to pound you guys out content where we can and with my availability. And, again, thanks to Pete for, you know, obviously being able to, you know, just you know, flex his schedule for me, which is fantastic. And, obviously, if you guys didn't catch out, uh, Pete and the Streetsboro guys uh, wrecked a little house Friday night. So, congrats on that here. It's time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one falls Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single showdown with 2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single game showdown. You're gonna make a ro- you're gonna make a roster out of the players using their money slots, money pools of guys just in that game Thursday night. Uh, lineup and feel feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players. That's six. Like I said, from that game for the season or opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the promo code no space all caps locked on will receive a free shot at the one million dollar top prize nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollar payday we got no stake in that game we got no skin in the game try to win some money guys get in on the season or opener action download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code locked on all caps no space for a limited time both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users, don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter promo code locked on, all caps, no space, to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's promo code locked on, all caps, no space, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Now, Pete, like we said, with three coming in, sadly, three got to go. Uh, you know, obviously deep on the O-line, deep on the D-line, secondary, you got seven safeties. Granted, two of them can play some corner. Uh, you know, Sioni Takitaki, who knows what's going on there. Uh, we got we to gotta move some furniture here, Pete, to get this new furniture in. Right. Um, so the first one that jumps out of me again is, is Farrell Brown. I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't think he's an, a, a, a Sunday guy right now. I think he's a developmental guy. But uh, he had never distinguished himself in camp or preseason or anything like that. And I think it's almost like he survived the war of attrition. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think Ricky Seals Jones may be the end of him. 
um, especially if they're going to turn around and go get a, an H-back fullback type, because certainly Farrell Brown's not that. Um, has no leverage, certainly way too tall for that type of role. Um, I, I think one what defensive lineman is going to go. It's, uh, it's a question to me whether it's Trevon Coley or Trad, Chad Thomas. Certainly I'd prefer Chad Thomas be the one to go, but Trevon Coley has, has certainly not distinguished himself on Sundays to this point. So, you know, that's – that's a bit of a question mark. Um, you know, you're, you're having Trevon Coley, who's still, I think, just 25, <clears throat> entering year three. Uh, I thought he showed some, some promise in the preseason. I think he looked pretty good from that standpoint. Um, <clears throat> and it, it really just becomes a question of, do the Browns want five interior guys or five edge guys? And or, you know, that, compare, contrast that versus if there's somebody who wants to give something up for one of these guys, which is, I think, part of the reason um, they, they, they have them still is that they want to see if they can get something. And, and that may be a, a player. Uh, they may be, you know, another throwaway draft pick, which they've been using for these trades, which, I, which I'm a fan of. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I'm a fan of, you know, using what you have to get something. If you have, you have something of value and go ahead and use it. Um, third guy, uh, it, it, I, I could see it being Austin Corbett. You know, obviously it, it wouldn't be great in terms of getting return on that. But, you know, if you're, if you're just saying we need guys who can contribute right now, he's not there. Maybe you could see Drew Forbes be put on IR um, or, or the pup list or something along those lines to, to create another space. Uh, the, the, you mentioned DBs. It's possible that they get really brave and try to sneak Sheldrick Redwine to their practice squad um, because he has not really done a whole lot to this point. I think he struggled. Um, certainly you're hoping he can help you on special teams. Uh, the, the thing that sort of works in his favor is the Browns don't really have much in terms of a true free safety behind Demarius Randall, but you don't want to have to put him out there anyway. So, you know, it, it may be a situation where the dust settles and they go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and see if we can't get Redwine to the practice squad to create another roster spot. So those are some possibilities I could see. I, I, one name for me is I'm going to go with Justin Burris. I, I just think that, with Eric Murray and Justin Burris, I think you essentially have, you know, you're almost like doubled up there. Um, Murray obviously has the advantage, you know, of, you know, <clears throat> being with John Dorsey and, you know, being drafted by John Dorsey. But I think you've got kind of almost kind of one in the same there. I, I do agree with you. You know, it's, you know, how much do you trust Red One at this, at this point as opposed to guys who actually have NFL experience? Justin Burris, for me, that seems to be a guy that might be in a little bit of a difficult spot here. Just because you're, you know, essentially he's the seventh safety. And if you're going to count Murray as the sixth cornerback, that essentially makes, you know, Burris what would be the seventh corner. So, I mean, if you're like seventh at both, you know, for me, it's reeking like Justin Burris is in a really tough spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is certainly true. His value right now, you know, you can call him a safety. And certainly he, he has experience and has played DB. But he really is ST2. I think behind Tavier Thomas, I think right now those are the two guys that you can look at and go, these are special teams players. Um, and, and it may be a situation where Kaderil Hodge, if they really like him for special teams might replace a guy like Justin Burris or something to that effect. You know, you get that waiver claim and sort of 
the fact that you maybe you didn't expect it or you weren't sure, and now you get him and you feel like, okay, we can go ahead and let go of, you know, Burris or, or Thomas in that scenario. I could agree with you more. So that's definitely where we're at with that. So um, those guys are in obviously some rough shape. Um, Pete, obviously we're going to start to put together a practice squad. Um, Seth DeValve, congratulations. The Jacksonville Jaguars is going to get to move on the next step of his career. Um, you know, some people were suggesting Jagai Polite to the practice squad. Pete, he already rang up $100,000 in fines from the Jets. Uh, Seattle took him, which actually Seattle does good things. They better work out. But again, just, oh my God. You want to talk about a guy from October to where his life is now. Sweet Jesus in the morning, dude. It's just terrible. Well, yeah. So this is one of those things where, you know, if that's true that he actually racked up that much money for being basically a dipshit. Um, yeah, it, it does not make him look like an, an adult, let alone an NFL player. But there is an element of this where the Jets are going ahead and say, letting this out there because they let go of a third-round pick and they're trying to save face as to why. Now, ultimately, it doesn't really save the Jets from anything is they still drafted a kid who had these issues. You know, this wasn't like – a surprise. There was some sense of if he didn't give the shit about making his own money, obviously he doesn't give a shit about getting fined for his money. Well, I mean, there's that, but there's the part that you know, you know, you had the stuff at the combine and and things of that nature where he he was talking about he didn't watch tape and he was very sensitive to criticism and those type of things. Uh, you know, again, this this seems like an attempt to save face, but sort of serves as an embarrassment for the Jets scouting department that, that this was there and they didn't really, you know, recognize it, but you know, there's so much of this felt like, you know, a big, a big swing for the fences for the Jets anyway, that, that, you know, that, that may have been baked in. Yeah. And there's that, but um, you know, obviously Pete, you know, uh, Finney and Ganafo, this is one you've been pushing for a while. Um, you know, trying to get him in the practice squad. You know, of what's there? What would you? What do you think? Well, so far they've they've got four on there uh, reportedly. Anthony uh, Zettel went unclaimed. Yes, he and uh, one Braxton. other guy did. Braxton. Yeah. So so far the Browns have Robert Jackson uh, reportedly on the practice squad. Willie Harvey on the practice squad, which I I, I love that one. Apparently he had multiple offers, which I'm not surprised by. Steven Carlson, the, the developmental tight end, which I'm very happy about because they need a tight end on the practice squad. And then uh, Willie Wright, which I'm a big fan of. Very athletic, former tackle, uh, played a lot of left guard in the preseason. I thought he did well for himself. Um, I think he's a guy that, that you know, could be, is on the practice squad. Now, I, I, I think down the road he could ultimately end up starting somewhere. He has ideal traits for what James Campen likes an offensive lineman. He's got great athleticism. He's just a nasty cuss as a run blocker. Just, just plays his ass off. So those are the four we know about. Um, Finian Ganafo certainly, uh, I, you know, I don't know if they've even gotten the call to Idaho yet that he uh, realizes these things are going on. But, I, I, you know, I'm trying to will that one into existence. Uh, obviously, again, Derek Willies is sort of sitting out there he may have offers, uh, but yeah, there's 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 a number of players I, I'd love to see uh, ultimately end up on this practice squad. I mean, uh, Brad Seaton, uh, you know, if he's out there, six nine three thirty, and he wasn't bad. Um, there are only so many guys on the planet that can do that. Uh, so you know, I'd have no problem just signing a ton of offensive linemen on this. 
uh, on this group. Uh, you know, skill-wise, I'm not terribly concerned about uh, that. That the other spot uh, that that becomes interesting now, if they really if they want to go this route, is if uh, because they traded David Blau, if they're going to go get get a quarterback, uh, are they going to go ahead and put somebody on there? Um, that would be interesting because obviously we don't have Tyree Jackson. Well, I, I, I'm Tyree all Jackson. for it. I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that idea. Um, How he so, did take Buffalo the way he played, I have no idea. Well, and and he he doesn't seem terribly happy about that situation either, and I don't blame him. Um, JT Hassel still sitting out there. Uh, Donnie Lewis, I think, is is ultimately going to be on the practice squad. I think they drafted him for that purpose. Uh, coming off the Jones fracture, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I know he was playing. I doubt he was ever, ever felt like himself um, in in training camp this year. Wyatt Ray sitting out there. Would be nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely some guys, and and you know, at this point, there may be some guys that uh, obviously quarterback would be the first one, but the, it'll be interesting to see if they go sort of outside the program to to get any of these guys. So far. Um, with with one exception that I've seen, uh, the the Eagles signing uh, Kyle Laletta from the Giants to their practice squad. Uh, for the most part, most teams have held serve um, at this point. So that that's that's the other thing to keep an eye on. All right, uh, Pete's going to tell you about the fine folks over at Blue Chew. Uh, we have some listener questions. We kind of addressed the most, but we'll, we'll go through that. But uh, Pete, you know it's it, you got to get up for the regular season. Yeah, you got to get up to get down. Uh, and you know, with that, and and certainly, I think I think Jeff could use this now more than ever. Uh, you know, <laughs> we talk about the good folks at Blue Chew and what they're trying to help you get what help guys do in the bedroom. Uh, blue Chew, like the color blue. Uh, helping you get that extra confidence, making sure you have that consistency. Uh, it's not just a, a one and done type deal. It's making sure that you you get every at bat's a good one. Uh, they give you the first chewable active ingredient as the as as Vigran Cialis. You know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, they're taking care of you on making it easy. And uh, to get a prescription, uh, making it discreet on delivery. So they're taking care of you on that end, even though there's nothing. But you should be proud of that fact, not ashamed that you're taking care of things at home. Uh, go ahead and take a, check out the promo code locked on. Uh, but uh, they're trying to help you out to uh, make the spouse happy so they can make you happy. Uh, and always, uh, thank you for the sponsorship uh, of all of us over here at Locked On from the folks at Blue Chew. Use a promo code, all caps. Locked on. Uh, yes, you know, I mean, any chance to uh, upgrade to a bigger set of lumber? Go on ahead and check out that. All right. We established, obviously, the tight end grouping. Uh, yeah, we definitely think there's going to be shakeups there. You got Rico Gathers coming back week two. You just brought in a tight end, Farrell Brown. A lot of you have gotten to that. Um, one question on Seth the Valve. Seth the Valve is going to take his talents down to Jacksonville. Um, God bless him, his wife. I mean, it's it's just a tough way the cards broke for Seth Valve. But again, there was always this issue that, you know, David Njoku was better at everything and they were kind of very similar. 
So, you know, it's not like I don't set the valve is I'm going to see a second contract here. The injury certainly didn't help, but you know, normally you want that one good athletic tenant tight end. You want that little undersized one, but you know, for Seth's role, the, 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 what it would have been, it would have been consistency. I mean, God, I'd, I'd still love to freaking have Orson Charles here right now, which is a head scratcher. Um, and I'm, some questions, you know, Pete, I think because Harris wasn't seen enough this year, um, he came here, even though he's, you know, more athletic than Daniel, Fall, Daniel Fells, he came here, Darren Fells, he came here with a reputation of being a better blocker. We haven't seen it yet, but that does not mean that does not exist in that player. Yeah, um, that, I mean, that's, that's what Demetrius Harris is here to do. Uh, and, and, and to this point, I, I have not been impressed by Demetrius Harris. But I'm hoping that when we get, uh, you know, the regular season going, you're going to see more value in that, uh, particularly as it comes to maybe helping Chris Hubbard on that right side, uh, get get on the reach. I think that's where Chris Hubbard is is pretty good uh, when you can allow him to move. Um, I'm hoping the Browns can do some pulling both ways. Uh, but uh, maybe Demetrius Harris gives you a little bit of maybe punch that the Eric Cush and, and Chris Hubbard don't if they're on that right side and they can pull Batonio and uh, and get going on that side and, and run the ball down the field. So, you know, he can't catch a cold, but uh, Demetrius Harris is more of an offensive tackle that just happens to be wearing a uh, tight end number than, than he is anything else. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw one interesting name out here, Pete. Uh, a, a couple of interesting names that have cleared waivers. Josh Garnett, uh, guard, uh, former 49er, Paxton Lynch, whatever. Uh, enjoy the XFL, Paxton. Tear it up, rock it down. And if we're looking, and maybe we're not in the reclamation project anymore here with the Cleveland Browns, I'm, I'm going to shake my head new on the Quan Treadwell. And I think a lot of us missed on that, thinking he'd ever get back to the athlete he was prior to that heinous injury. Look, and it, you, know, you feel bad for the Quan Treadwell in that respect. But Pete, Josh Doxson, that was a guy that kind of got me a little bit giddy another one who's definitely been banged up but if they're looking to go you know pulling something off the scrap heap a la greg robinson a la you know oh my god brashard perriman josh doxson he's an interesting one yeah he, i mean look yeah it, 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 maybe not <laughs> well no he just had a brutal injury that came you know when he first came in uh that just really knocked him off course. And, and right now, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not disagreeing with that idea that he could be a reclamation project. I, I just look at sort of Taiwan Taylor is that type of guy right now. And who's that, got the time? Uh, Do they have the time for a reclamation project right now? They maybe don't. Well, that, and that's the other part of this is, you know, do they go ahead and, and, uh, and, and, you know, they, they may get a month out of Taiwan Taylor before they have to make a decision on that unless an injury comes up or, they, they you know, somebody else doesn't perform like Kadero Hodge or something like that. But that's that's the guy where I think if you can you can turn him around, the upside is insane because he, he you know, I mentioned this in the article I did yesterday. Uh, you know, if you like Braxton Miller, you're going to love Taiwan Taylor because he's essentially everything Braxton was but better, younger, and even a little bit – faster um so if you like that type of ability who's more developed as a receiver that can do those things in space that can do those gadget things at the same size all those things Taiwan Taylor is your man so that that's one where I'm just genuinely fascinated to see what they can do with him 
and what they can sort of get out of him in a short amount of time. Yep, no doubt about that. Pete, Browns-wise, NFL-wise, anything you want to see up here? Well, I mean, the, another uh, guy just added to the practice squad reportedly is uh, JT Hassel, obviously a guy you have. Love it. Uh, you know, he's, he's just a spectacular athlete. Um, making that transition from college linebacker, uh, very undersized, uh, very, very undersized college linebacker, making the transition to strong safety, practice squad guy. Yeah, not but, to uh, mention, not to mention his representation is a guy we absolutely love. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of his. So that's a great move. So I'm all for it. And anytime you look at it, if there's a if there's a week you need him and you banged up a little bit, um, hey JT, guess what? You're out of the gates after three weeks. You haven't gotten really to blast anyone. He's going to hit everybody and their mother. Maybe the guy selling the hot dogs. Um, if you're on the road, a cheerleader too better watch their back because you know JT Hessel does not discriminate. He will hit everything within his path. And he did put together a nice. You know, summer, it was just, you know, he was he was always at the wrong end of, of a weird numbers game here. Um, you know, I mean, look, you could even find a way maybe where if he, he needed to, he could sneak in a couple of reps, you know, just destroying people, you know, in, in run defense as a third linebacker. He's a nice guy to keep around for the time being. He could develop into a useful piece, you know, never a integral piece. But, you know, you always need those ones to fill out the end of the roster. Like me and Pete talk about, you know, where's an Orson Charles stings. But those type of guys, you know, those are the guys you kind of want at the back end of the roster who will do their role like they feel like they are the upper echelon of the team. Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest? Uh, obviously, we're covering everything um, practice squad-wise. Uh, right now, I, I'm, you know, I'm not doing a tracker or anything. I'm just going to do an analytical thing. Uh, but uh, the waivers, uh, you know, I've got all the information I have on that, where those things could go. You know, I, I did a thing yesterday on the odds and ends and where – Obviously, there could still be roster movement, and I think that's still going to happen, particularly as it comes to locating a, a somebody who can be a blocking back. Um, yeah, but, I mean, other than that, it's it, it's going to be let's see what happens and then analyzing this and, and seeing where, you know, we I agree, disagree, whatever, but I think there's some real opportunities for uh, the Bronx to to help themselves as they, as they get to what the roster is actually going to look like uh, for the final 53-man roster. And just, you know, one last thing here before we put a bell on this. I've uh, seen a couple of things here on Twitter about, you know, bringing in Tyree Jackson. What I like about Tyree Jackson is what's the point of this offense they're currently doing in the passing game? It's vertical. That's what Tyree Jackson is good at. The other thing I like with Tyree Jackson is, and look, it's not like he's going to become QB2 this year by any means whatsoever, is you can put in a package for a six-foot, what's a six, six, two fifty-five, two sixty. You can that, – that's somebody you can put something in where, you know, there could be some run, there should be some vertical throws, where if you ever had to buy a month, because Baker, that's something you can do. And, and you know, it's going to be a different look because you're not going to run any running sets with Baker Mayfield. That's, that's why I like the appeal of it. I, I think there's a way you could still do the vertical passing game and still take advantage of his legs. That's, that's the appeal for me, for, for Tyree Jackson here. And Pete knows this. This is, you know, when we were discussing quarterbacks in freaking March, this is where I was with him. And the other thing was, is, you know, he's got time to get better. And if he's going to throw passes against this secondary every day, if he were a Cleveland Brown, it'd be nice. It'd be a nice addition. You know, 
know he's a, look, he's a project. Look, yes. I, I've talked he's about quite. this before. He's quite. You, he has you, he has a throwing motion for like every throw, and it's it's wrong for one thing, and it's it's partly a product of him being so tall. But like you see some throws where he's throwing it like a dart, you see other throws where he's really pulling it back and throwing it. Um, I think you have to tear that down and start over with it. But to me, you don't sign Tyree Jackson to the practice squad because you like him for the Browns. It's not to say he can't be for the Browns, but I think you look at him as a guy where you spend some time with him, you sort of tear that down, uh, build it back up over a couple years, and if it works, you can ultimately flip him for something. If, if it doesn't, you know, you can see if you like him for a different position. But, the, you know, those are things you can do when you have a guy like that on the practice squad. But uh, he's a massive human being who's athletic. He's not stupid. Um, and those are things that can sort of help you. 100%. Um, guys, obviously, you know, we'll close here. Um, again, check out uh, Mac Weldon. If you need some stepping up with the game, I, I know there's a lot of teachers listening to the show. Step up the apparel game. And again, guys, date nights with the wives, family nights with the kids. Go ahead, check out Mac Weldon. We appreciate them for sponsoring here. A huge, uh, obviously, kickoff week on Locked On. Um, obviously, it's exciting, guys, and it's so much different. Um, I remember last year we were doing the show talking about you know, the additions on Labor Day weekend. It was, all right, well, we could really, really use him. And it's, well, this is a guy we could fit in here with Millie Jefferson. Maybe we can develop that. Ricky Seals, Jones, he's athletic enough. If you throw him a pass, maybe that can play. It's so much different. And this is what's trending towards the excitement of the 2019 season. Ways to assist Pete. Obviously, Brown's Maven on Twitter. Make sure you follow it over there. Guys, look, I mean, I'm seeing some of the other Maven positions get filled, and it's it's becoming it's becoming a solid group. You know, uh, Luke Easterling, he's been on the show here. Uh, you know, Luke's been involved over the wire for years. He's going to do the the Bucks Maven. It's it's picking up steam. It's going to be something really, really special. And I'm happy for Pete in that respect, and, you know, all the contacts we pushed out here, and, you know, maybe he's going to have to bring some people in. So fantastic for that. Uh, Brownsmaven.com where you can find all of it, become a member, get involved in the forums over there. You're talking with a lot of Browns fans. Uh, you know, as we've I've said to you many times, the social media aspect here with everything that's going on Browns-wise, everybody wants to come over and be the negative Nancys. Stick in those forums at Browns Maven. You can talk about Browns fans, enjoy the excitement, and, you know, understand that not everything is still not perfect yet. Nobody's perfect anywhere. Uh, follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The podcast itself, at Locked on Browns, all lowercase, uh, DMs are open. So it was a follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. I throw a follow over there as well. Uh, you know, look with everything we're going through personally, I, again, I cannot be more thankful for everybody for the support. We're doing all we can. I understand we're still, the audio is not 100%. Once I can sit down and give a little more attention to it, we'll figure it out. Zoom has been a friendly home. We're still finding our way. We don't know, all, you know what light switches do what. Uh, a couple of sockets need to be fixed, but trust me, it, it's it's not that I'm ignoring it. It's just I don't really have the time to address it. So just understand that. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.